and that data which is coming from the scooter from the from these electric vehicles is very very powerful it tells us that how people are moving in the city at what time of the day what is the speed pattern of the driving etc You are listening to Understanding the Future podcast. I am the host Punit Gandhi, and this podcast is developed in association with Climate Center for Cities under the National Institute of Urban Affairs and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs. This is a podcast where we discuss about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, innovation, and sustainability, with the help of leaders and visionaries working on ground as well as in the top management of public and private sector. Our objective is to better understand the future so that we can be prepared and intervene to enable climate actions in the urban areas. Hello everyone, I am Punit Gandhi, the host of the podcast Understanding the Future, and today we have with us Mr. Amit Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Yulu and electric vehicle micro mobility startup mr amit will help us in understanding the future of mobility as a service welcome to the show mr amit thank you punit so i would like to start our conversation with understanding how did you shift from developing a unicorn startup in mobile advertisement at inmobi to electric vehicle micro mobility startup yulu so when uh, i started in mobi along with my three other co-founders uh, uh, there was a belief that uh, there is a huge transition into mobile devices yeah. and the way people are consuming content and doing a lot of things on desktop in the western world same thing will happen on mobile in the case of india yeah. and post that rest of the world also Mm-hmm. so we thought that probably there's an interesting opportunity to build a advertising business the way google did that on desktop so sure. that was our belief and then uh, if you fast forward all of this so i think our assumption and our belief was pretty bang on advertisement on mobile has become the largest uh, channel mm-hmm. uh, ahead of tv and uh, print and news whatever you want to talk about sure. and when uh, i started in mobi there was a wish that you know by age of 40 i should be retiring yeah. and then when i was approaching that milestone i realized that this is not probably something which i want to do at this stage and yeah. uh, after thinking and talking to some mentors um, i decided to do something for social impact yeah and not do an ngo by the way i wanted to do a for profit organization so that we can make the impact much larger and also be sustainable in the, at the same time so that's how the problem of uh, air pollution and traffic congestion got to uh, my attention and you know i thought that i should spend my next 10 years solving for that and that's how yulu got started so it was more of a wish i would say uh, which was misguided in the beginning that i should be retiring then yeah. uh, it actually got formed into giving it back to the society so that's the reason for me doing yulu that's amazing because uh, it's completely like i won't even say opposite because they don't even belong on the same spectrum but uh, i i hope it also has a path like in mobi for the future 
So uh, again, coming back to mobility as a service in India, Uber and Ola did start a taxi service as a platform. You have started a EV micro mobility solution for first and last night commuting. How do you see mobility as a service growing in India? Because that is somewhere we are looking for. Urban sector is looking for some solutions and you're being one of them. How do you see it evolving? Sure. So as you know that India is a pretty large country and the type of use cases which are present uh, cannot be solved with one product or one service for that matter. Yeah. So there's a spectrum in which you know you have to navigate. But if you step back and ask the larger question that uh, where is the maximum amount of impact one can make in the context of our country? So clearly, four-wheeler is not the answer. Yeah. Uh, it is not an answer because we do not have enough road space. So even if you want to convert all of the mobility to mobility as a service using four-wheeler, we don't have road space for that. Second thing, which is very different than uh, you know rest of the world, particularly from the Western world, we don't have that level of economic affordability either. Yeah. You know, in India, uh, where we know what type of monthly income ninety percent of people have, we cannot afford the price point of Uber and Ola. Yeah. for the large masses of people. And what we believe is, it, at least for country of a size and scale and economic uh, affordability argument, I think the answer is a good scalable public transportation True. where people use metro and buses for their long distance of, the, you know, of, of their travel time. Yeah. And we have seen that even you look at London, Hong Kong, Beijing, Shanghai, lot of distances uh, being traveled through public transportation. At the same time, in using public transportation, the biggest problem is that how do you get from your home to metro station or bus station? That is also not a small distance, by the way, in the context of our country, and you probably have a better data. Our assumption and estimates is that it is 3.5 to 4 kilometer very easily uh, yeah. on an average in cities like Delhi and Bangalore and Mumbai. And for that, there's a deterrence. People don't want to, you know, uh, break their head. Sometimes it is very expensive. So we are actually trying to solve this problem of first mile and last mile, because we think that future of any big sustainable city is around everyone using public transportation. We want to enable that to, to that. And yeah. from a percentage of trips perspective also, that 65% of the trips in our cities are below five kilometers. So if we basically make them efficient and affordable and clean, yeah. then from an impact perspective, that's a huge one. So that's why Yulu has chosen yeah. the short distance mobility as our playground, uh, rather than focusing on a taxi or basically on a, on a four-wheeler, etc. Yeah. And so government does play a big part in public transport. And currently your strategy also looks like that, that you are going with uh, wherever the metro stations are and helping them connect on the last mile to that. So what are some of the challenges do you see in making, uh, taking this forward? Because it, it does, there is a startup ecosystem, there is a government ecosystem and combining those two is complicated as of now because things are not streamlined. So sure. what kind of challenges do you see there? So I'll tell you, Purit, you know, uh, what type of challenges we have faced in the past, where we are and how do we get things better? Yeah, that's good. So that's yeah. probably a more holistic answer. So to be very clear, uh, when we started this journey back in January 2018, 
there was no policy for services like ours mm -hmm. there was no infrastructure uh, in terms of parking in terms of even riding them etc user preference was also not there there was no economic policy which was incentivizing user of you know to to use this kind of service so there were several things which were missing luckily what has you know happened over last three years particularly by the way mahua has been super supportive of yeah. uh, micro mobility services uh, in 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 the country and so we are very thankful that's why i didn't want to say that everything is broken uh, it's yeah. a you know it's a kind of progression so over last three years you know we have been getting a lot of encouragement from the cities where we we have been so we got you know for example a permit system for micro mobility services in delhi bangalore mumbai and pune and ahmedabad and it was nudge which we did to the local cities and which they reciprocated very positively so that's a one good part uh, we also have been able to create infrastructure for parking so every metro station in delhi bombay and bangalore we have been given spaces to place our bikes so that people can pick them and then they can take it to uh, their end destination same help has been reciprocated by private players so real estate developers who own those commercial buildings or those rwas who have basically these apartment complexes so they have all given the spaces to create this infrastructure for micro mobility to happen i think the area where uh, we have to get better is uh, the dedicated tracks as we say dedicated lanes yeah. which will increase the notion of safety so i would not say that you know we are seeing uh, problem with respect to safety touchwood yeah. you know we have done uh, miles you know millions of miles distances on easy ev uh, yeah. and we have not seen even a single fatal accident till date touchwood okay. in last two years having said that i know for sure that there's a section of society who thinks that you know if you can make my travel uh, safer then yeah. i mean so this is one area where we actually see further policy intervention uh, from central government level or even the city level good yeah. news even there is bangalore is making dedicated tracks for 80 km uh, as we speak phase 1 will be uh, inaugurated uh, most likely next month Okay. Delhi has announced 500 km dedicated bike tracks and yeah. hopefully execution will happen early next year so we yeah. see now traces of this and your your organization mahua runs a smart city mission where there's a mandate for dedicated bike tracks so we think that once they get executed and there's a government who is also educating consumers and making aggressive pushes around that that will actually make the adoption 10x so that is one area where we would like to see continued support and and the push from this from the from the government side okay thank you yeah that's uh, and that is there for sure because recently while uh, cscf or climate smart cities assessment framework was launched city uh, cycle for cities challenge was also launched with association yeah. with fit india mission and Correct. the idea is to promote as much bicycling in cities as possible uh, so that it's safer it's healthier and less pollution less uh, traffic so and put it the only thing you know when you are now talking to the policy makers yeah. so i think we need to understand that for india and by the way for rest of the world the notion of cycling actually has been expanded 
by adopting e-bikes also in the same framework. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a religious that you know it ought to be a pedal cycle. It ought to be the same way we we were using as when we were kids. Even mm -hmm. if you look at the hardcore bicycle country like Netherlands, mm -hmm. where everyone is practically on cycles, the sale the sale of e-bikes actually has gone up by hundreds of percentage over last two three years. And uh, even uh, cities like uh, London, Paris, who earlier were not very supportive of electric mobility in the small form factor. Now they've yeah. all accepted that, you know, there's a section of society which will never do bicycling for their daily commute. Probably they will do bicycling for the weekend for the health purpose. But that's not our problem. Our problem is that we need to reduce number of miles which are being traveled on those polluting vehicles okay. to sustainable mobility and for that we need to think consumer out that what do they want yeah. so from your perspective you know when you are talking to policy makers i think we need to collectively educate them that it is not just cycle but there's also this enmv as we say that you know below 25 kilometer per hour speed yeah. electric vehicle and pedal assisted electric cycle electric. also yeah. are the same you know uh, solution to the problem statement which we have been chasing true true and uh, i do believe that those talks are already in place because we have also discussed a lot uh, that in our own organization about that and there are multiple facets to all these problem statements as well so yeah. yes uh, i'm sure that those things are already evolving as we speak yeah uh, so Coming to the infrastructure side of your ecosystem, uh, one of the major breakthroughs you have done is in the battery infrastructure because that is something with electric vehicle and especially Yulu Miracle. Uh, you have set up a lot of uh, charging stations or battery swap stations where it is important that you have facilitation so that always bikes are available for your users. Now, Battery swapping technology is, uh, I guess, Sun Mobility is also one of other companies which is highly involved in that. And yeah. that does bring in a good amount of recyclability into the context. So how are you trying and planning to see that ecosystem growing with this whole ecosystem? Sure. So a uh, very interesting question, first of all. So just like many other things which were not present when we started in India, uh, there was no reliable battery charging infrastructure either. Yeah. So while Sun Mobility was there, but uh, they were catering to a very different uh, problem statement of three wheelers. So they had very big battery. What we needed was a smaller battery. And uh, we also needed something which was created in a very highly dense, dense cluster environment or micro market environment. So we ended up uh, creating our own charging station and then uh, with the help of partnerships, we were able to place them at mom and pop stores. And that strategy actually helped us solving for our own problem. So today, Yulu has approximately 200 plus charging stations. Yeah. And uh, we have been able to run our operation in a very frugal and scalable manner. So it's working well for us. Only thing is, you know, only key point here is this only for Yulu. So if let's say you own an electric vehicle, can you use Yulu charging station? Uh, today, answer is no. It's created for private needs and it's working well. Now, as far as the 
battery life cycle management is concerned uh, uh, thanks to innovations which are happening globally there is actually now a breed of new startups who have started thinking about the after life of these lithium ion batteries particularly hmm. in the case of uh, electric mobility the cycle seems to be that we will use it from 100% to 80% dod so dod if you understand you know yeah. uh, up to what uh, life you know uh, so 80% dod is what actually uh, ulu has its limit set after that we basically will be giving it to companies who have the next use cases of these battery being used in the case of inverter in the case of these cell towers where the requirement is for the stationary battery yeah. and there they don't care whether uh, battery is this big or this big because it's in finite space yeah now they use it for next almost 3 to 4 years because mm-hmm. this is more for the backup rather than they using it continuously the way you know mobility applications use it and after that you're talking about batteries being taken out uh, at a cell level and they are able to extract particularly the expensive uh, or the rare metals that includes yeah. by the way lithium so there are companies in our country who have now technology to take battery pack break it down take away the bms there's a way to recycle that take the cell at the individual yeah. cell level extract the material that makes sense yeah. and there's a whole economy out there i must say that it is at a nascent stage because the amount of supply which is out there of the batteries which needs to be recycled that's a small baby number but when we have interacted with couple of companies uh, they basically are technically ready i would say and with yeah. scale and time and maturity this will only get better so today i don't freak out that hey you know when we basically discard these battery after 80% dod what will happen so we already have partners with us uh, who will be taking over these batteries uh, once we are done with that okay and that's that's quite important as well when we are developing this whole sustainable ecosystem yeah because i, I have also seen couple of startups specifically working for rural area that whatever yeah. used batteries are there uh, they are used to light up their homes in rural areas where yeah. there is no electricity and uh, that becomes quite important yeah uh, the second part of then the, the question comes over here is currently we are majorly coal powered nation and slowly and slowly we are increasing the renewable energy in india but uh, what are the thoughts of ulu and how are they planning to make sure that air pollution can be taken to almost zero if they converge to renewable energy yeah so i think the best solution is punit uh, that when we charge our battery uh, that energy is actually coming from renewable source yeah. uh, maybe solar today you know we do not have financial resources so while we have this intent and wish but today we do not have that financial resources to uh, set up our own solar grid and then charge the battery and then bring them to ulu zones and, and and swap them but i think the way energy ecosystem is changing in the country uh, you know we are talking about uh, a price point where energy being produced from solar energy particularly is far cheaper than the energy being produced from traditional one and if that is true then even if we basically don't do something explicitly 
in the background more and more new energy creation will only happen through renewable energy yeah so in a sense that if the country's requirement for electricity goes up because of ev adoption then new capacity creation will only happen through renewable because of the economic reason and yeah. hence from a percentage perspective yulu will start using uh, a cleaner energy rather than coming from the coal but yeah. i think that day is not too far fetched and maybe talking about 5 years from now where we are able to create a setup where we just set up not only our charging station but there is also maybe a solar panel uh, wherever we can install where the energy gets generated from sun and then it basically gets translated to our battery and then battery we basically take it away yeah. so uh, it's just matter of our ability to get to a scale where we can justify those investments true and uh, yeah for sure and absolutely that would be very interesting because that also cuts down the transmission cost and distribution cost true. uh and overall it becomes a cheaper ecosystem in itself for you guys as well uh and then coming to the third part of the infrastructure is the currently how china has seen uh, a growth of lot of micro mobility options that came in but at the same time there was a lot of trash that came out with cycles being just pushed up up off as soon as the company shuts down yeah. and currently you are the uh, one of the few in the marketplace which are there in the market but over period of time uh, we would assume that more and more players would come in so how do you think this challenge can be mitigated in india before it starts where we should not wait for this thing to happen in india as well but we so will have to for, take the point just for my clarification you are basically saying yeah. that uh prob china happened uh, uh, because there was so many bicycles so supply yeah. being dumped right yeah, so what yeah, need yeah. to be done that this should not happen in india that's your Absolutely. question okay. yes so that's first of all in china uh, this segment actually got probably much more venture capital money than it should have got yeah. so suddenly there was an ofo and mobike and hundreds of millions of dollars of venture money got pushed into that and that inspired 100 other companies to do the same business model and it was very easy for any company or any founder to do this by you know bike sharing because yeah. there's a large oem base of uh, you know bicycle makers in china and hardware was given as a of the shelf product and there were software providers who were giving you software for 50000 dollars and even was like let me get into the gold rush but very clearly they realized that this business is not about buying bike and putting them on the road there's a lot of operational discipline role of technology coordination with the city authorities which is required and uh, that's why you know in matter of 2 years all of that actually got uh, evaporated yeah. and if you ask uh, china is only three players now uh, one company is dd second one is metwan and the third one is called hello bike so these are the only three players left everyone else has gone now yeah. they basically have gone i would say much wiser because they are not just pumping money in the name of growth but they have understood that what is the good supply and demand balance yeah. now coming to india you know we actually don't believe that uh, india will have the same china story reason being that uh, people saw that what happened in china uh, mm. this business is not about you just dumping bikes 
you need to create spaces so for example when yulu is going working with you know mahua or or metro or or the rws and district developers we are creating the infrastructure first so if i have space for only 10 bikes i will not buy 11 only make rather 9 not even 10 and then we'll make sure that unless we have a space to park them i am basically not buying more bike so this way there will never be a situation where bikes are just being thrown out uh, out there in random places because yeah. you are capping it by this constraint of parking space and also yeah. the type of craziness which used to happen 3 years ago that has also gone so they are not basically you know we're not expecting that india will have 10 different companies trying to do the same thing which you do is doing as a yeah. matter of fact we're the only company in the country right now who has been able to build this business everyone else actually has failed or pivoted or basically shut down yeah so it's a very hard business and it requires a lot of determination and this problem solving you know mindset which not many entrepreneurs have unfortunately it's a it's a difficult problem and you need to work towards that with high amount of patience and grit and absolutely i agree with you because the business that you are in you start from designing to manufacturing on one side and then uh, service application on the other side which are completely two different uh, business sectors in itself and they oh. have their own different lifestyles a life cycle as well uh, manufacturing does take a long time uh, in itself while uh, software based applications are much more faster and agile so yeah. how do you try to innovate in that ecosystem because they are completely two different life cycles yeah so first of all uh, so by the way me and one of my co-founders we both did uh, mechanical mechanical engineering okay. uh, when we were in college and we actually joke first of all that for the first time we are using a, some portion of our learning in this lecture <laughs> because after college yeah. both of us never did anything related to mechanical engineering but yeah. even there i would say that our knowledge about the subject is telling that what not to do <laughs> so yeah. uh, with that wisdom i would say that actually wisdom not lesser <laughs> we knew that we should not manufacture yeah and uh, rather than we going and trying to build electric scooter or, or a bike on our own uh, we actually mm-hmm. got to experts so uh, in the first phase we 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 actually formed relationship with a company outside of india because yeah. there was no oem in india who was willing to make it for us okay. so we got this arrangement we were importing uh, we we got design done uh, on our own uh, manufacturing happening outside of india bringing it back yeah. to india then bajaj was assembling it okay. and then bajaj is actually in the process of making a grounds of product which is suitable for shared mobility and for india and yeah. hopefully in 2021 we will actually see a, a world class product created for india by bajaj auto limited with our wow. design design input so okay. we basically got short to mid term sorted and then mid to long term sorted with this hmm. strategic partnership and same thing we did for iot and other hardware where there were things which were available in the market so we did not touch so we didn't want to reinvent the wheel but then there were areas which were not world class we took those things into our hand so yeah. I, for example the iot hardware which we use which makes our vehicle smart and connected 
yeah. you know it was not a very good quality what we got in the first phase yeah. then we actually designed them as per the market need particularly uh, india where the vibration level the weather condition is very different reliability requirement is very high we ended up designing it but even for the manufacturing of that that iot also we basically mm-hmm. found out a partner in india who is uh, basically manufacturing it for us so okay. manufacturing as a thumb rule we don't do but design is something which we believe that that's where our operational knowledge is is probably the highest in the country so we get our hands dirty on that front okay and uh, that's that's quite a good strategy as well because i feel uh, arm chips does this as well if i'm not wrong and yeah, that right. is uh that is one of the biggest market player as well uh they supply to everyone yeah. possible correct correct that's true so, so it's a uh, good collaborative approach that's a basically yeah. approach we have taken uh we yeah. you try to work with people who are expert in that area and then we basically bring our complementary uh knowledge of shared mobility and that true. becomes a much better solution and powerful one that that's a great strategy uh and i hope it sustains its course of time so coming then again back to the whole ecosystem of mobility as a service when we are looking at public transport there is a inherent need of shifting transports and we need to have like uh, some of the scandinavian countries do have that kind of applications but do you think india can build such kind of applications that with one touch we can go and cross major public transport modalities so certainly you know there's a point about the physical access i yeah. think there we have already laid the foundation so yeah. you know at least in bombay delhi and bangalore we have been given spaces next to those public transportation hub hmm. so every bus station metro station for example in bangalore has a ulu zone so yeah. there's a physical integration we have done but the question you are asking is actually is more holistic where mm. i can do planning to execution uh, of this multimodal transportation right yeah. so with a single app can i yeah. go and say that okay you know i need to go from a to b what are my options yeah. and every option probably will have a combination of time price point and maybe comfort Absolutely. and depending on you know what is your use case that day and what probably you like as an individual you will say okay i want to optimize for this yeah and then system tells you and on a click of a button you basically go ahead and execute that frictionlessly so yeah. in our case for example let's say if i talk about a simple use case of someone going from home to office where there's a first leg taken up on ulu and post that there's a metro station being taken up uh, and then you walk to the you know your end destination then maybe an integration simple integration easy integration with ulu app with metro will actually help uh, computers yeah. a lot we have been a big advocate of one nation one card uh, mm. you know uh, the mobility card which government of india has been talking about yeah. uh, we totally understand that's not an easy one it's a difficult uh, you know standard to pull but yeah. looking at what government has been able to do uh with respect to upi or for that matter fast tag i think yeah. it's not uh, very distant stream you know it's yeah. just matter of couple of metro and and buses services particularly in the big cities adopting it and then we will be able to pull it off so rather than be going and trying to solve 
this integration with uh, different mobility companies or different public transportation company mm-hmm. i think our effort can be fast track if one mobility card one nation one mobility card uh, vision mm-hmm. actually comes to life uh, in the meantime we actually have been in discussion with you know authorities in bangalore for example yeah. we have been talking to bmtc in bangalore uh, yeah. which runs states bus can we do something of this nature and yeah. for that we probably will have to do a very custom integration but it will probably uh, demonstrate the power of this vision so Absolutely. we are doing things at a at a sea level but you know honestly speaking this is not uh, super efficient uh, yeah. if there is a push from let's say central government side uh, one single api i know nandan is also trying to do something uh, yeah. so they they have some platform going on so yeah. maybe something will come up and will probably be enabling in that particular infrastructure true true and yeah absolutely that uh, that whole interface is where one of the biggest point of intersection where you know people get on public transport more and more often so that your transaction cost per your uh, whole journey is low and in terms of time in terms of money everywhere so that's um, that's quite an important one to solve as well for sure yeah uh, so coming to one of the final questions that we generally have and is on the lines of what kind of jobs and skill sets will it create because you are into you are doing a lot of collaborations from manufacturing to software on both sides yeah. so which are the major skill sets and job sectors do you see coming up in your industry for the future youth youngsters or uh, kids who are still uh, doing their university education or school education yeah so when we look at the type of skills or employment opportunity with sec- sectors like ulu uh i can think of two larger bucket there's a bucket of uh pure play r&d and solutioning and there's a bucket of execution which is more on ground execution yeah if i talk about the first bucket we actually uh, need a lot of help and i would say a lot of work is being done in the area of data sciences yeah so what happens that uh, because our vehicles are smart and connected is actually throws lot of data and that data which is coming from the scoot uh, from the from these electric vehicles is very very powerful it tells us that how people are moving in a city at what time of the day what is the speed pattern yeah. of the driving etc you actually can do lot of interesting things to yeah. not only make your service better but also the city planning to the next level yeah so that's a lot of work which you know is being done so we need help there we also need help on the hardware side and hardware is actually twofold one is the vehicle part so yeah. the the electric vehicle you are riding there are so many nuances related to the safety comfort durability price point etc how do you yeah. make things better so there's a mechanical part there's a battery tech which you know which requires a lot of work the 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 third element is on the hardware side is about the iot where mm-hmm. we basically have been able to put some kind of sensors uh, you know what all new sensors you can put uh, mm-hmm. how do you use that for again making your service more reliable better and predictable yeah. so these are the work you know at the at the r and d level on the other side there's a 
even bigger opportunity for employment being created where people who are helping us to do repair and maintenance uh, and this repair and maintenance is proactive as well as reactive. So yeah. we actually hire people and then we train them to become what we call it as Yulu pilots hmm. who are being trained as a part of Yulu Academy program. We basically run a four week training program. Someone who is just willing to learn and we, are, we have created a training module where we are able to convert them to Yulu pilot. So yeah. these guys are doing repair and maintenance. They are doing battery swapping work. They mm -hmm. also move vehicles from point A to point B for the purpose of uh, you know, reducing the gap between the demand and the supply. Yeah. All of this basically is creating thousands of new jobs in big cities uh, in India. So we think that uh, when we look at our employment creation opportunity, there's a larger impact we are making even in the bottom of the pyramid, where these people who are uh, kind of, you know, marginalized, I would say, uh, who are probably yeah. not even 10th pass, how do we empower them to, uh, you know, to not only get a livelihood, but also yeah. they grow up in the value chain. So in our case, someone becomes a Euro pilot, uh, starts with very basic work of repair and maintenance. Then that person is being groomed to become technician, you know, that person can actually fix EV. And if India is basically becoming a large EV market, then all of them actually can earn more money. But then there are people who are not, not interested in pursuing the technical track. We basically yeah. make them cluster manager. So okay. they basically run PNL for that micro market. Hmm. And in future, they can become a city head. So yeah. someone who would have basically earned maybe 10 to 11,000 rupees by becoming a city guard. On day one, Yulu is able to provide them a job opportunity to earn 15,000 rupees. Yeah. And then this 15,000 become 18,000, 21,000, 30,000 as you basically yeah. grow up. And all of this actually happens pretty quickly because there's no time limit which we are putting on you. We are saying that if you are able to do this work, we promote yeah. you. Yeah. So we feel pretty you know, uh, we are very proud of this fact that, you know, you are not basically a security guard for your life. Unfortunately, yeah. there's no progression. You know, you remain a security guard. But in our case, we are able to basically increase your livelihood and hence your impact uh, in, the, in the country uh, pretty dramatically, pretty fast. And that's a big deal. And we have found an engine to make it happen. So it's working yeah. pretty well for us. That's, that's great to know, especially with how you're trying to uplift the people in the urban sector. And that is one of the much needed things as well. Uh, so any final thoughts before departing on understanding the future of mobility as a service for our audience? Sure. So, you know, I am a big believer that uh, while it may look overwhelming, that when government of India, Niti Aayog, everyone is saying that let's move our mobility to electric mobility by 2030. And it yeah. sounds like, oh my God, this is way too difficult. But if you step back and understand that this electrification of mobility is not a car-led uh, change. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just talking about from a kilometer distance being traveled, then this all thing will be driven by smaller form factors. True. So two-wheeler, three-wheeler particularly. Yeah. And if you just look at from a usage perspective, the way people are moving. And if we make at least this short distance commute, as I was telling you that, which is 65% of the 
or the travel from a from a percentage perspective yeah. it is actually a big impact and making that electric is actually easier because it is economically it is economically making sense yeah so yulu is actually doing electric yes we had a larger agenda in our in our life but if you ask me today it is a no brainer decision because our unit economics because of electric mobility is far superior yeah versus you know we would have used if we were we have used like petrol scooters a yeah. horrible unit economics electric scooters we are making killing on that yeah it becomes no brainer so you are doing good uh for the country and for the climate but also you are doing for your balance sheet yeah and you will have absolutely no time in people switching to electric mobility in no time because it's making now economically sense so i feel that this goal of electrification of larger mobility by 2030 is actually pretty much achievable as long as we actually channel our energy towards smaller form factor and if that happens the right type of policies come into picture uh the local infrastructure ecosystem of manufacturing and r&d also takes place in same order of magnitude then this is a very very well achievable goal uh before actually 2030 itself so this is by by the way closing thought i am big believer that our cities should be sustainable uh we all need to take this u turn the way our air quality was getting tarnished uh, and and so horrible uh was was yeah. not answer you spending 2 hour to cover 5 km was not an answer uh yeah. it all requires reboot and i think covid 19 probably has given us some step back Absolutely. moment and opportunity and hopefully you know we build it from here and build it in a right manner so very optimistic uh, about that thank you so much and i would like to reiterate on those thoughts as well that with fame to policy as well the agenda is to promote more of uh public transport and two wheelers and electric vehicle market than major car users because that's where our nation is trying to go true yeah. true thank thank you mr amit this was surely a very insightful conversation about mobility as a service i hope our audience has enjoyed the conversation as much as i have and gained some perspective about mobility as a service market Thank you. Thank you Puneet. Bye bye. Bye bye. You have been listening to Understanding the Future podcast. To know more about Climate Center for Cities, visit us at www.c-q.niua.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. The show is conceptualized, hosted and produced by Puneet Gandhi. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Spotify. So don't forget to subscribe to podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thank you and stay tuned for the next episode.